For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. From Fire Mountain, Texas, Jeff Caves here on the Believe Podcast Network, brought to you by Bet Online. A weekly look at Boise State football coming up, of course, in-depth look at Boise State's defense as they prepare for the University of Nevada. How good is Carson Strong, the Nevada quarterback? Will Boise State win the game? What's the latest with this National Labor Relations Board? How this will and could impact all college football athletes, or maybe all athletes, really? And the Big Sky goes to the nighttime with an incredible kickoff for most of the country. Let's get back to, you know, not much to say really else about the Boise State win over Utah State. It was a game I thought they would win. Um, Utah State had not faced an opponent. I thought uh, the quality of Boise State, and certainly in the secondary and, and some of the skill positions on offense, and it proved true. Uh, they were just too mistake-prone, really, to win that football game. And they're going to have to be a lot more consistent football uh, team to sort of climb to that next ladder in the uh, Mountain Division of the Mountain West. But let, let's get back to something else. Now, there's a lot of conversation really about this Boise State defense. And for good reason. You've got a coach who is steeped in defense, and that's his experience level. And so the first question uh, I think a lot of people would have is, schematically, uh, aren't they sound? And that's understandable because you would want to know that, you know, he's doing the best things. Andy and, and Danielson are doing the best things to put them in a position to win. And in my opinion, of course they are. And then the next level is, well, what about talent? You know, where's all the talent? Did Harson chase him off? Did they go with Harson? Were they not there to begin with? Was Harson not recruiting? All the, the, the blame-aholics come out and want to come up with reasons why things are the way they are. Completely understandable. And as I look at the Boise State defense, first of all, I believe Andy knows exactly what he's dealing with, and he's going to get the most out of it. Does he want different personnel? Yes. Does he want to uh, take the Arkansas uh, defense and move them to Boise, Idaho? Of course. Uh, he can't do that. Uh, this defense has a strength in the secondary. Um, and I think Kaneho, Skinner, uh, especially, and and you know, increasingly Robinson, uh, Aladipo, these these guys are are coming on, 
and they play well running forward and run support, and they're also playing well in the pass game, and they're they're spread out. Now, this is a whole different defense. Uh, a lot of teams, despite maybe throwing out four wide receiver sets, are running the football quite a bit on Boise State, and they don't necessarily have a great front seven, so they've decided to go with a front five. Uh, again, if you think about it, they're putting their best 11 football players on defense on the field. And at any given time, uh, that's going to include six defensive backs. Uh, that's where this team is at. Now, the deficiencies in the other areas, you could start with the defensive line. Things just haven't worked out. They miss Scaly Gihon. They've got JC transfers. they got a transfer out of Utah. Uh, Gums isn't playing. You can go really further. Is Washington really healed? You know, is, is, is he really healed from his knee injury? Uh, back to everything that uh, you thought he was going to be? Well, none, we know all those answers. The answer is no. Is there an NFL football player on that front seven? No. Uh, is that at the end of the day, is that a recruitment issue? 100% yes. Uh, that is a recruitment issue. Uh, should the coaches that were here be held accountable and if they were still here be fired over that? No. That's recruiting. And if everything else is being equal, uh, you're going to have these kinds of wild cards because every one of the D linemen that's come through here that hasn't worked out, there's reasons for that. Sometimes you make character judgments that are in the, you know, in the benefit of the player and you let them go and then all of a sudden things change and you have to make a different decision, but you knew what you were getting into. I don't want to get into the weeds on all that, but yes, there needs to be better talent in the pass rush from the edges and definitely at the defensive tackle position. It doesn't take much to watch the tape and see that on the play side in a run in a run situation they can't get separation off their blocks they're not strong enough and powerful enough to throw people off of them to make plays that's the way they are and then the backside sometimes they just get cut off and and they're not strong enough to throw guys off of them i i think noah is has had some good moments but i do believe that there's other moments where uh they're getting run over and all of this is adding up to going with the strength, and the strength of the defense is six defensive backs and a four-man front. And so if you've got a four-man front, you got two safeties that are running uh, downhill towards the run, you're going to run the football. And I was curious. I said, well, okay, so Boise State's not great at uh, run defense. Am I the only guy that knows that? No, <laughs> I'm not the only guy that knows that. I looked at the statistics. Right now in FBS football, there's only four schools in the country that have had more run attempts against them than the Boise State defense. And that's not a good thing. You run at bad teams on run defense. Marshall, Ohio, New Mexico State, and UConn are the only four schools that have more rushing attempts against them. So let that sink in. It's not only the productivity that other schools are getting on the ground. They're just going to keep doing it. And if the best of Boise State can offer is a five-man front, they're going to keep doing it. I mean, you got two tackles, two guards, and a center, and you can put a tight end out there to block, and you can bring in a running back to block. Do the math. <laughs> That's not a great situation for uh, the defense, and the safeties are going to have to run up at the right times, and so all of a sudden if somebody gets blocked, you could turn a you know four-yard gain into a 20-yard gain. So all this stuff's happening to them. And I think it's brutal to watch. Uh, schools are averaging 46 rushing attempts a game 
on the Boise State defense. And that's a lot, folks. It takes a toll on the team. I think it takes a toll on those guys up front and the linebackers. Uh, fortunately, you're, you're looking at a matchup this weekend against Nevada that really shouldn't be all about the run game. They, they did talk about that in Reno and uh, Norvell, you know, they, they just came out and, and said, okay, uh, we see that we're not running the football enough, so uh, we need to run the football more. Well, that was a convenient week to say it. Norvell really wasn't breaking any news when he said, hey, we got a great running back in Tua. We got to use him more. We're going to run the football more. So he's saying, I'm listening, you know, watching. We're going to do something to correct it. Oh, by the way, we're playing a team that has 46 rushing attempts on average against them, and everybody's running the football in Boise State. So, of course, that's the week you're going to say that. And that's what's going to probably show up and then some play action and some different things. There's, there's some matchup challenges here uh, that will concern Boise State with Nevada. Uh, but the matchup got a little bit better uh, because, unfortunately for Nevada, one of their better wide receivers, Elijah Cooks, is out. Out for the season, not going to be able to play against Boise State. But, of course, Carson Strong will. And, you know, let it be said that he's not the first NFL draft pick to come into Albertson Stadium in the recent past and leave with a loss. So I think Boise State will win this football game by a touchdown. I do think it'll be a higher-scoring game. I think they will struggle at times to stop Carson Strong because Carson Strong's good enough to find whoever's open. Uh, and it's not going to be Cooks. Fine. It'll be some others. Uh, but Kaepernick came in and lost. Uh, Josh Allen came in and lost. Derek Carr came in and lost. And these guys went on to have pretty damn good NFL football careers. So just because you've got Mel Kuyper before the season, by the way, thought that Carson Strong was the seventh best quarterback in the country, I bet he's got him up near the top four now because of the way he's performed this year and because of the way others really haven't, uh, namely Slovis at, at, at Southern Cal. So I'm sure he's dropped back. But anyway... I like I like this game. I, I do think Carson Strong's a tremendous quarterback. I do think other tremendous quarterbacks have come in and lost. Hey, bet online, you won't be doing everything there like winning all the time. You won't always be winning, but it's still your number one spot for pro and college football action this year. They got a new updated site and interface, even more odds and props and contests. And bet online's the number one source for everything football. Get over to the website or just use your mobile device to sign up today to get your 100% welcome bonus. That's double your initial deposit just for signing up. And don't forget to use this promo code NFL100 Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports and check out the front runner for the USC job as well. So that promo code NFL100 at Bet Online. Now, the Boise State Nevada game, a day game, which I think is is great. You know, also brought up something else to me. I was thinking about, you know, here we were about a year ago or so, and, you know, the idea that Boise State would be uh, serving alcohol at football games to people outside of the club area was, was foreign. Two years ago, no way. You just didn't think it would be a good idea to bring that up to the State Board of Education. You, know, you fast forward to uh, the game against Nevada. If you get there early, you get beer cheaper. If you go online right now, you can buy it and then pick it up faster. And you can buy as many as you want. And you can only pick them up two at a time, but you can buy as many as you want, use it for the next game, the next game, or convert it to tickets for later and keep a credit there. They just want the dollars, basically. 
But that, that's quite a different attitude uh, to something that, oh, we can't even ask. That's terrible. Blah, 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 blah. And I, I was never comfortable uh, with that stance when you had grocery stores selling uh, beer and wine to anybody that walked in at, uh, almost at any time of day. Uh, I just thought that was hypocritical, <laughs> just, just uh, not, not an ideal scenario. And then to say, well, there, you know, there's families there, there's you know, uh, 18 to 25-year-old kids there. Well, every bar in the, in, the, in the state of Idaho has the same challenge, and they're pouring it and selling it, and it's not just beer, it's hard alcohol shots, and they'll do that too. So it made no sense to me. I always thought religion uh, was what was carrying the day there. And I thought that there should have been a separation between somebody's personal religious beliefs and the ability for schools basically to make money. It's what I thought it was all about. So that's just an interesting side note to me uh, as I saw that roll out. Now, another interesting piece of news came out of the National Labor Relations Board, which isn't interesting, uh, but it's just one, one more step in this process of athletes getting more power. And it's just a sign that a lot of policies and politics are shifting towards uh, the athletes and i think there's a lot of time here that's still going to have to go but you know fundamentally college sports is going to change if they go with what the national labor relations board says is the law and that's that athletes are employees and if they want to interpret it that way and that's what the national labor relations board says they are going to do uh, there's going to be some changes uh, for athletes They'll start getting taxed. Uh, they'll have insurance to start dealing about. There are Pell Grants. Uh, you can kiss those things goodbye. Uh, they could get fired from their job, you know. Uh, that all starts coming into it. I don't know how gender equity survives all of this. It was uh, John Wilner of the San Jose Mercury News that pointed out that if athletes were employees, all athletes, then wouldn't schools be free to eliminate the sports that don't make money? Well, gender equity says you aren't going to base it on that. You're not going to base offering scholarships for sports that are non-revenue, which is everything other than men's basketball and football for 90% of the schools. Uh, you're not going to do it that way. You have to be fair to, the, to women uh, and give them equal opportunity as men. So the higher education of the NCAA uh, section said, you know, that's what they were going to do. And now you've got these rulings coming down and, I think it's a pretty interesting point that he makes there. I don't know how long it um, it lasts. And I do believe that the changing of college football at the top is going to bring many changes to the bottom as well. And I think Carl Benson, the former commissioner of the WAC, has a, a good point that I think we're getting closer to all the time where the top uh, conferences, maybe the Power Four now, uh, break away and take their TV rights and take everything with them after they get through this next uh, television contract, I would think it's not going to be as long. And after that, they're going to be want to be more in control of what they create. And it could be that by that time, everything will be uh, online and streamed and digitized and they can control their own rights and they don't need a lot of the other kind of distribution models and they won't be taking bids. They'll just be making the money themselves. And that would change things quite a bit. Schools could be compensated based on well, how many viewers did you get or how many unique um, uh, ISPs addresses did you get? Uh, 
then they can track that quite easily now. So that could be another new form of compensation. Yeah, you can hang around, but you're not going to get anywhere near. If it's Vanderbilt against Alabama, don't expect the same cut that Alabama gets because they could play anybody, anybody, and and get their number. So don't don't because when you Vanderbilt go out there and play Mississippi State, look at that rating. So that, that that's where we're headed and how it will change and how it will affect things. Uh, I believe will be uh, pretty dramatic in the next five to ten years. Be interested to see the graduating classes of 2021 and 22, what their attitude will be towards giving money to athletic departments. Think about it. If, if you've grown up in the last six years, uh, you started you know, you're 15 years old, you started paying attention to where you're going to go to school, and then you go to school there, and you get your degree at Alabama, or you get your degree at Michigan or Ohio State or Texas, UCLA, all these big enrollment schools with all kinds of TV and sponsorship, uh, revenue and shoe money and all that. And you go through that this last six years of reading about all the excess money, all the excesses, all the dollars. And you know some of those athletes and you see they have haircutting stations. They have free PS, you know, uh, video game suites and all, all, all the massage machines and all this stuff. And you think to yourself, okay, now I'm a, a 38-year-old dude and I've made $500,000 a year for a couple of years and I could throw my university 50 grand to feel good. Why in the hell would I do that? I don't know that this generation is going to grow up that way thinking I need to give money to my school. <laughs> uh, it seems like they have plenty. I think it'll be different. Uh, and, I, and I know that that's, that's in the, the future of, of how they're going to start generating funds. Um, it won't be necessarily always coming out of boosters' pockets. So I think this is all related. I think we're in for a big change. By the way, the storylines that are surrounding the Mountain West Conference about uh, losing Air Force and Colorado State really haven't changed much. Uh, I do get the feeling from talking to some people that it is more likely that Air Force wants to leave and Colorado State's kind of going along with it. Um, there is no indication that Boise State's going anywhere or San Diego State. I don't know where San Diego State has to go. If San Diego State's not going to the American Athletic Conference, to me, it's not because San Diego State is going somewhere else. It's that they just don't think that's the right fit for them sitting in San Diego, California, and they'd rather wait it out to see what else is coming around. And I don't blame them because I don't think that's the right place for them. And I don't think they're going to get an opportunity should the Big 12 start expanding. I don't think that the Big 12 wants to get into the Pacific time zone. I think that the farthest they'd want to go is Boise. They're already stretched to Provo. And so they can put Boise and Provo together and make some sense out of that if they knew to expand one more time. So I guess that's pretty much the, the latest. There really hasn't been a definitive uh, piece of news to point at. They couldn't even get news out about the expansion of the college football playoff to uh, eight or 12 teams. Uh, they were supposed to get that done this last Wednesday. That didn't happen. We didn't get any news about that. What We did see something I thought that was interesting. Um, the big sky at night. And for the first time in a regular season game, the big sky is going to be on ESPN2. And this game will be Montana against Eastern Washington. The game will be played in Cheney. And I was reading the comments from the commissioner of the Big Sky, and he said, you know, some people talked to me and asked me whether or not I was worried about kicking off at 730. Well, that, first of all, 
that's not late if you're in the Pacific time zone. Uh, but the reason he justifies it, though, is that, hey, that's not late because every bar in America is going to have the game on because of the red turf. People will watch it and think, what the heck is that? And it's going to get fans excited. Well, I completely disagree with that. Uh, they'll look at it just like they did the blue turf and say that's stupid. I don't know that people are going to say that uh, all they know about eastern Washington in the United States of America is that it has red turf. I, I don't believe that. But I, I don't think that you know having a 10:30 kickoff in the East is really going to matter. The gamblers are about the only people that give a rip, and we're just giving a shit about the wrong thing sometimes. And it, it's okay. At least college football is being talked about. And ESPN2 is broadcasting a uh, FCS game, which is great. I'm, I'm sure there's some people that understand uh, how good these kids are, how great Eastern Washington's been. We know Montana's been good for a long time, but I thought that was an interesting piece to take a look at. All right, enjoy the game. It's a day game, Boise State, Nevada. I do think Boise State uh, will win by seven. Rate, review, and pass it along. The Kingdom of Pod, a weekly look at Boise State football on the Believe Podcast Network, brought to you by Bet Online. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.